All right, welcome to Last Ones at the Bar. This is a show where we discuss or rank the top 10 of different topics. Today we'll discuss and predict the top 10 upcoming fights. My name is Wilton Henry, and I'm joined by two other boxing enthusiasts. Fellas, you'd like to introduce yourself? Sure, yes, I'm Lavelle Jackson. Uh, I'm just happy to be here, happy to discuss boxing, one of the things I, I love talking about. Can't wait to get into it. My name is Daniel. Also happy to be here. I'm especially excited about this episode because this episode means that boxing is back. Boxing is back in in regular rotation. It's been a while without it. Longest that I've been without it since I've been a fan. So uh, just being able to talk about these fights will get me hyped. So let's do it. Let's go. All right. So, again, we have 10 fights that we're going to predict. And then we also have a bonus fight that we're going to make a prediction on. So I'm going to start us off. The first fight that we're going to predict or make predictions for is the Dillian White-Alexander Povetkin fight. Um, looking at both guys, Dillian White, he's 27-1, 18 KOs, 32 years. Alexander Povetkin, he's 40 years old, record of 32 or 35-1, 2-1. So looking at this matchup, I'm going to base this on what I've seen of these guys in their most recent bouts. I saw Povetkin face Hunter, uh, Michael Hunter, um, last December, and he didn't look so hot to me. Um, White, he also didn't look so hot. I think that Povetkin, if they were both in their, in their prime, I would lean towards him, but obviously he's not in his prime anymore. So in this matchup, I got to go with Dillian White. I'm going to say – probably a unanimous decision. So I I agree with you on a lot of points there, Will. Um, Povetkin's most recent quality win, if you want to call it that, was against uh, Fury, but not Tyson Fury, uh, Huey Fury, uh, around this time last year. But um, honestly, I thought that had more to do with us kind of finding out where Fury is than, than Povetkin. Uh, like you said, he didn't look that hot. White didn't look that hot either. But uh, but that said, you know, White is still game. He's looking to make a point in this fight because he's trying. He's really trying to secure a matchup against one of the elite uh, heavyweights, whether it be uh, AJ rematch, whether it be Fury, uh, Tyson Fury, or whether it be Wilder. So I'm going I'm to give White the edge on this one as well. Uh, White versus Povetkin. You know, Povetkin is a great boxer. You know, he, he moves well. He was even given – um, Anthony Joshua more trouble than dealing on White uh, gave him. And, you know, Povetkin really changed a lot after that Klitschko fight. I don't know if it's, you know, the uh, the medicine he was taking, you know, the, the whole other side stuff. But dealing on White, even when he doesn't look pretty, he wants to win. He has, he has a ton of heart. And I think that's going to be a difference. And I'm, I'm going with dealing White. Our second fight it's uh, Victor Posto, Posto versus Jose Ramirez. And we're going to predict this fight. Now, um, Victor Posto, uh, very tricky fighter. Um, we saw what he did to Matisse, even though that was about, that's about five years ago. Um, tricky fighter, hard fighter to fight. Still can give people trouble. He's getting up there a little bit at 36 years old. But Ramirez is just... Uh, on a roll, he he's coming off uh, one one of his best performances versus uh, Maurice Hooker. Um, he was another another tough guy. 
And I think Ramirez is going to be um, one of the top two guys to, along with um, Josh Taylor to watch at 140. I'm going with Jose Ramirez. All right. So as I look at this matchup, Postal, as you said, he's tall, um, pretty rangy. Uh, Jose Carlos Ramirez, much younger. Um, he's pretty tall as, as, himself with that weight, but he's undefeated. Um, he, 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 the guy just beat, like, as you said, Maurice Hooker. He has another win against Amir Ma. Um, Postal, he looked pretty good against Josh Taylor, you know, in that loss. That was, um, but that was quite a while ago. That was June of 2018. So he's been, had, had a long layoff. Again, it's another matchup. If they were both the same age, if Postal was in his prime, I would lean towards Postal. I just don't think he has enough in the tank to deal with what Jose Carlos uh, Ramirez is going to bring to the table. So I'm slightly leaning towards the younger fighter, the younger champion um, who's, who's in his prime. So I'm going with Jose Carlos Ramirez in this one. My decision. You know, both of you guys have said a lot of what I was going to say about this one. I mean, they're both tall. I just think Ramirez has – he has more firepower. He has more tools in his bag in general at this stage in their careers. So I'm going to go Ramirez as well for this one. I'm going to go – I will go decision on this one as well. Um, probably unanimous. Now, our third fight, we have Jamal Charlo. That's the, the twin Charlo that's at 160 versus Ser- Sergey Devrientenko. Um, so, Charlo, Charlo is 30-0. He has some quality wins. Devrientenko is 13-2 with only losses to Danny Jacobs and Triple G, who are, you know, at the top of the middleweight division. So, no shame in losing there. Um, not as many fights under his belt, but you know he's a tough he's a tough out for any fighter at middleweight, and he's willing to make it ugly. Uh, Charlo is he as good as he says he says he is? I don't know. He's looked great in some areas, but is he elite? I don't know that either. I think this is going to be one of those fights that'll be sort of a barometer since uh, Devin Checo has fought uh, some of the elite what some sorry some of the elite middleweights that Charlo wants to fight. And so that said, if, if Charlo is who he says he is, he should have a hard-fought but decisive victory here. So I have him winning by uh, by decision. Uh, I, I definitely uh, agree with you, Danny, on this fight being a barometer for um, Jamal Charlo. Uh, we saw what happened in the uh, Korobov fight where Charlo had a lot of trouble with him. And this, I think this fight is going to determine – it's going determine if Charlo is good or not. I, and personally, I think Jamal is probably going to look to make a statement and carve Devrachenko up, and he, I think he's going to go for that TKO uh, late, in, late in the fight. That's my pick. Okay. So, in this matchup, this is probably, as I look at the matchups that we have uh, to predict, this is the one to me that is up in the air. Um, the other ones, if I say that the guys are going to win, you can, if you're a betting man, you can go to Las Vegas, put your money on, on it, you know, put all your chips on my other predictions. But this one right here, I really do not know because um, it, it could go either way to me. And the reason why, um, Jamal, he looked great at 154. 
um, in a fight that I saw. He, he has a really good resume uh, when it comes to 154. What he did to Julian Williams uh, was, is remarkable. Um, he's 30 years old, so he's, he's pretty much in his prime. Darian Chinko is a little bit older, but he started later, so he should have a lot of gas still left in the tank. And as you said, he's 13 and 2, 10 knockouts. He has some pop in his punches. Um, I thought that that Triple G fight could have went either way, but Triple G is a little bit longer than two. The Danny Jacobs fight, that was the majority of decisions. Danny Jacobs is the good, so that middleweight. So um, he has, you know, some really good, he has a really good resume at middleweight, and Jamal Charlo doesn't. The other thing that intrigues me is the fact that Darian Chinko, he likes to get in there and fight with you, and he finds a particular um, like space that he gets in like really close and he, he knows how to land um, some, some nice combinations on the inside. He just has to know how, cause he has that Olympic and experience and Charlo sometimes it's tricky because I, I've never seen Darren Chico fight somebody as tall and as big as Charlo. And then Charlo, he has trouble against somebody who has the skill and know-how as you mentioned with the core ball fight. So that's that's the dilemma that I have. If can Darian Chinko fight the way he fought when he fought Triple G and Daniel, Daniel Jacobs, who are shorter? So that's the dilemma that I have. But I'm gonna say I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with Jamal Charlo, and I'm making this prediction right now. That's the only fight that I didn't know prior to us um, setting up this episode. So I'm gonna go with Jamal Charlo, and I'll say. A decision. Also, Darren Chico, he's real, um, like early in the fight. He, he, you know, he got knocked down by Triple G. He got knocked down by Daniel Jacobs. So he's real susceptible early on. So it could be an early knockout, or it's going to be a late decision for Jamal Charlo. Which brings us to his brother, uh, Jamel Charlo. This right here, I'm gonna tell you, this, this, this is very predictable. Um, he's fighting Banana Rosario. Jamel is 30 years old also, the twin brother of uh, Jamal. Um, Banana Rosario is 21-1 and one with 14 knockouts. And he looked very good in the Julian Williams fight. I'm kind of skeptical on that win. I, I think that win, it looked better than what it was. Julian Williams is the type of fighter to me that if he's focused, he can compete with almost anybody. But if he's not focused, anybody can beat him. And I think that was the case when he fought Rosario um, last January, and he lost by fifth-round KO. When I looked at the other fights with Rosario, he looked real sloppy. He looked real susceptible to counters. He looked susceptible to somebody who has power. Um, so and then Jamel, he has a better resume there. The fighter that they fought um, the same, you know, on each other's resume is Jorge Cotto. And Jamel knocked him out in the third. Rosario won a split decision. And that was like last year. So to me, I think Jamel Charlo is going to knock out Fernando Rosario. We, we kind of on the same page here because for Rosario, his last fight, he, although he looked very good uh, fighting J Rock. I, I also felt, and I, I I can't point to the reasons why I feel that way, but I, I also felt that it was more about J-Rock on that particular night. 
than I thought it was about Rosario because uh, he he does look suspect in other fights, and you know there there I, I agree that there there's two J Rocks there's the super focused one that that fought uh, Jared Hurd and beat him, and then there's the one that that kind of just comes out and he looks the way he looked against the Rosario fight, you know. Um, but that said, you know Charlo has. He has one loss against Tony Harrison, but he 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 got he got that back with a knockout. He has a few other quality wins against Austin Trout, against Erickson Lubin, young Erickson Lubin, first round knockout. But um, I, I think Charlo takes this one by knockout as well. Our fifth fight, um, Javante Davis versus uh, Santa Cruz. Uh, this fight, for me, I, I, the only way I see Javante Davis losing this fight. Is if he doesn't train properly. The sad part about it is that could actually happen. <laughs> and, uh, right. Santa Cruz, you know, he's a tough guy. You know, he's a great fighter. He throws lots of punches. He has decent fundamentals. He's not a great athlete as far as you know speed and power and all that. Um, but I can't see him having anything to trouble with Javante Davis. I mean, his volume is going to play right into Javante Davis's power. Unless Davis doesn't train properly and have trouble, you know, making weight. That's the only way I have Davis losing this fight. I think Davis um, is probably going to stop him late. All right. So the Davis and Leo Santa Cruz fight. So, yeah, Davis, he's 23-0 with 22 knockouts, 25 years old. Leo is 37-1-1, 19 KOs, 32 years old. And I think that he's a little bit older. Um, He's a little bit older, 32 than his actual age because of the punishment that he takes, the volume of punches that he throws. I'm, I'm like you, Vail. I think that this is a fight that's made to order for Javante because Santa Cruz is going to be there to get hit. And that's one thing that you don't want to do with Javante Davis um, at this stage of his career and at that weight. Now, the only concern that I would have, not necessarily him not training, it appears that he's doing that. But what I would be more so afraid of is, is he going to be drained? If Santa Cruz is able to you know, sustain the punishment that he's going to take early and be able to, you know, have a late rally and Javante Davis just, you know, runs out of gas. But I'm going with a knockout, and I think it's going to be beneath the seventh round. So it's going to be seventh round or sooner. Yeah, I, I, I'm i kind of on that same boat in terms of really – Tank's weight being the big question mark here. Um, you know, as you guys probably recall, but just to remind the, the, the listeners, um, he moved. He moved up from 130 to 135. And one, when he moved up to 135, he had issues making weight at 135. And so for him to come back down to 130, it, it, it's a valid question. Will he be drained? Uh, how is he going to look at 130 again? That said, he has plenty of time to prepare. He's at, he, he's had all the time in the world to prepare. So there, there's no reason why he would not be able to make that weight again. And if he makes that weight, he, he packs a powerful punch at that weight. And I just don't think Santa Cruz will be able to withstand that punch. Provided that we get the same Javante Davis that we're used to seeing at 130, I think he – I'm going for a mid-round knockout as well. Um, so this one, I'm I'm pretty excited to see, but I also think I personally think it's predictable. Um, Arrow Spence versus Danny Garcia. 
Uh, Errol Spence is 26-0. He has uh, very solid wins against John Porter, Mikey Garcia, Kel Brook, and Lamont Peterson. Uh, Mikey Garcia, I'm sorry, Danny Garcia is 36-2. Also has some quality wins against Lamont Peterson, Lucas Matisse, Amir Khan at 140. Uh, his two losses come to Keith Thurman and Sean Porter. Um, I'm I'm not gonna lie. I'm not as high on Garcia at this level of welterweight as other people may be, and I think he's a very good counterpuncher. But I don't think he's as aggressive as he should be. Uh, I think that costs him and and both of his losses. And I, unless he changed that, I think that's gonna be an issue here against Spence, who. His style is – I think his style is kind of going to play into Spence's. And I think um, the only question mark about Spence is how is his face, his health going to react after being in that tragic accident. Um, but if he comes back healthy enough, I, I think there will be some intrigue, but I think he'll win pretty decisively by by unanimous decision. It's by Errol Spence versus Danny Garcia. Uh, this is a hard fight to predict for me. Uh, I believe it's truly a 50-50 fight. Uh, some of it is due to, you know, we don't know how Spence is going to look after the accident. But even before that, I, I had it no less than or no, no more than 60-40 uh, Errol Spence. I think Danny Garcia is a live dog. I mean, He's always in the fights. Even if he loses, he loses close. He's always there. Is he's always he doesn't get dominated in rounds. Like when he loses rounds, it's, it's not like he's just getting his you know head beat in. Uh, but Spence is, a, is also a dog. I mean, Spence has everything you want. You know, in a fighter, he has he jabs a lot. He southpaw. He jabs. He goes to the body. You know, he has a this, this physicality about him. And I think the only one who has that. Physicality besides uh, Sean Porter is uh, Danny Garcia. Danny Garcia is a big five foot eight. He's not like all five eight. He's a big guy. He's bigger than people think he is. Yeah, I think he was actually drained at one forty. And uh, I see this fight being fifty fifty. I can't even say what the tougher. I think they're both their competitions equally as um, tough. I, I just think that Spence has the edge and power that that. that Helps him to overcome those tougher, tough challenges easier than uh, Danny Garcia does. Garcia just has that counter left hook that just like can be a game changer. But we don't know how that's going to affect Spence, or if he, or, or if Spence is going to find a way to just counter that or find a way around that. So um, I think I have Errol Spence edging it, but if that's if I have to make a pick, but to me, the really my true pick is a 50 50. I don't. Know. So, with this fight, they both are, well, Errol is 30 and, and Danny is 32. I don't think that's going to play a factor in this one. Um, they both fought Sean Porter. Um, Danny, he's been in some good fights. He did the Matisse fight. He's been in, um, well, not even going back that far. Now, when I, I reviewed their fights leading up to this, I looked at the Reddick fight. Now, Danny didn't look so hot. He said that he had to drop 20-something pounds, you know, in training camp. And he looked kind of lethargic, but he, he won pretty much the whole fight. Now, when I look back to the Adrian Granados fight, now, 
if that Danny right there is in that ring with Arrow, to me, this fight, well, let me, I'll get to my prediction in a second. So you got the Porter and you got the Thurman. Now, two things that intrigue me on the Danny side, two other things, is the Keith Thurman fight. So in that Keith Thurman fight, and Danny, you were there, we went to that fight together. Mm-hmm. What I noticed is, is that with Danny Garcia, you have to be cognizant of that left hand come because it's coming and it's coming heavy. It's coming hard. And when he was fighting Granados, Granados kept, now he's not the same caliber fighter as Errol Spence, but it's just the point when he kept touching him, bad things happen. Okay. Now with Errol, the Mikey Garcia fight, Mikey, when he did throw, he was just missing. When he did throw, he didn't throw much. He just was too small to be able to land something significant or even pose a threat. The other thing that I'm looking at is the accident. Looking at the accident. Now, as far as our you know show and everything, I want fighters to listen to our show. Now, not this one. I don't want Errol to listen to this one because I'm going to have to make this prediction, and I don't think he's going to like this prediction. He's going to have to show me that he's recovered from that accident. I would lean towards Arrow without the accident, but just slightly by here. But with the accident, I got to go with Danny. And I don't, I'm not sure if it's going to be um, a stoppage or anything like that. But under those circumstances, I have to go with Danny Garcia. Now, with that being said, that leads us to the next fight. The next fight is going to be Eric Zaluba against Terrell Goucher. Uh, Luba is 24 years old. Um, Goucher is 32 years old. Goucher has an amateur uh, background, uh, 21 and 1, 10 knockouts. Luba is a much more powerful puncher. Um, I looked at their fights. Uh, Goucher has a better resume because he has Austin Trout. He has the draw with Austin Trout. Um, Eric Lindy Lowry, he has a decision lost against him. But I went back and I saw a fight against Steven Martinez. They gave the fight to Goucher, but Steven Martinez, I thought, really won that fight. As far as Erickson Lubin, I can't find a fighter that he didn't beat outside of the loss to Charlo, that one-punch knockout. Looking at the fighters, um, their skill set, I, I don't think Goucher is in Lubin's league. I, don't, I can't see Lubin losing to a guy like Goucher. So with this one, I'm going to say probably a late round stoppage or a little bit um, 12 round decision. Yeah, you know, um, I I kind of feel a lot of those things as well. And if I recall, side note, but if I recall, I, I think Lubin was on that card that we went to, right, Will? On the, the Garcia Thurman card? Well, well Coda. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yep. But, um, yeah, so I saw I saw Goucher's fight against Trout. Um, he looked game. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, these are these are two young fighters that we're still learning about. But I think Lubin has a higher upside. I I, I also doubt that Goucher is in the, his league, and so I'm gonna have to give that over to Lubin um, by decision. I'm not sure what kind of decision, but but a decision. Uh, with this fight, uh, I mean, I didn't know too much about. Uh, Boucher, but I did, you know, take a look at some of his fights and things in age, especially the Austin Trout fight. Um, I'm not sure if I see anything that's going to trouble uh, Erickson Lubin that much. Uh, Erickson Lubin, I think he's 
being now he, he suffers from being severely underrated because of his loss. It's like if Erickson Lubin exists like the eighties, he wouldn't be as underrated as he is. Yes, he got caught with that shot by uh, Jermel Charlo. And you know, maybe he was I, my opinion, I don't think he was ready for that yet. But even before that, I would watch his fights and I was like, this guy, I mean, he was well twenty one, he's gonna be something. And he still has a lot of time. He's only twenty four, twenty five. Um I think he this builds this, this he's gonna beat Boucher and it's gonna build his confidence up greatly. In this fight, uh Eldar Alvarez versus Joe Smith. I believe Eldar he has he's still to this day he's he has more upside than Junior. I think Joe Smith Jr. lies notoriety comes from a, um catching Bernard Hopkins at the wrong time. Hopkins fifties at the end of his career and you know, Joe he, he scored that. You can't take nothing away from him. He, he, he got that knockout that no one's even old Hopkins. No one was knocking Hopkins out, and he got that. But I still think uh, Alvarez. He's he's more seasoned. He's been in there with Kovalev, Pascal, Boutte, You know, Chalimba. In there with, with which is I think in my opinion better fighters, and I think in their prime, I think that's going to show on that night. I think. Alvarez is going to um, win by the city. All right. So in this fight right here, Alvarez versus Smith. Now, Alvarez is, is 36. Smith is 30 years old. Smith's been around for a while, though, even though he's he's 30. Smith, um, you know, he got some wins over from Farah. He, he beat um, Sullivan Barrera, I think. Um, the last fights that I checked him out in was the Jesse Hart. Um, he, he he beat Jesse Hart up, and then the Dimitri Bivol fight, which went to a decision. Bivol was pretty good. So um, those were the last couple of fights that he had. Alvarez, he fought Michael Seals. He landed a one punch KO about um, last year. I want to say like in, in, in January of last year. So he has a uh, fought pretty recently, and then he also has the uh, fights against Kovalev where he knocked Kovalev out the first fight and then Kovalev beat him in the decision the second fight. So he has some experience against top-level opposition. They both do. But this is another fight when I look at their skills. I think that Alvarez is just a cut above. And with that being said, Joe Smith, is, is, is he's a game dog now. Don't get me wrong, because he has a powerful right hand um, and he's tough as nails. But in this fight, I just got to go with the guy that's more skilled, and that is uh, Elador Alvarez. So I'll go with him by 12-round decision. Yeah, like you guys said, um, you know, they both have a quality list of opposition at 175. Uh, Smith is a younger fighter, but a live dog. Um, Alvarez is older, but still game. If I had to pick, though, I, I think that I think that Alvarez may have learned some lessons that he needed to learn in that Kovalev loss to put him over the top here. I think that series with, with Kovalev really um, kind of took him to the next level, uh, both the win and the loss. So, yeah, I, I will put him over the top here. I, I have him winning by decision. That said, uh, moving on, we're going to also go over David Benavidez versus Alexis Angulo. Uh, Benavidez is 22-0 with a, a quality win over Anthony Durrell. Angulo is 26-1 with a sole loss to Gilberto Ramirez. 
Angulo is uh, a power puncher with 22 knockouts. Um, but he's older. Benavidez uh, also has a high knockout percentage. He has 19 knockouts, 86% knockout percentage. I just think simply, you know, without going into a whole lot of detail, um, Benavidez's youth and his movement is going to win out here in this fight. Yeah, as you said, you know, Angulo, he's 36 years old. Benavidez is 23. Um, Benavidez is highly skilled. You know, I think that by far, and I'll say it again, I think by far, he's the best 168-pound fighter in the world right now. I mean, the young man has some hands. He's offensively gifted. Um, what makes this, to me, this this is going to be, uh, uh, this guy is just outgunned. Because uh, the fight that sticks out to me is, is the Gilberto Ramirez fight. And so with, I saw him fight two times. I saw him fight the Anthony Sims fight. And he tried to overwhelm his opponent. That's that's his, what he does. He has heavy hands, but he'll overwhelm his opponent. A lot of punches. But when he had the chance to step up and fight for a title against Gilberto Ramirez, he wouldn't let his hands go. Gilberto Ramirez is not the puncher that David Benavides is. So if he's not going to let his hands go against Ramirez, I don't see him letting his hands go against a much powerful opponent in David Ramirez. I mean, Benavides, that's going to be a knockout in the first four rounds. Book it. Benavides is the wrong fighter to, to, to go in and fight and fold against. Um, I saw the, the the Ramirez fight also, and I saw how he was – Nagula was more um, – hesitant to throw many punches within, you know, that type of, when he's being stood up to, uh, you know, he, I, I just think Benavidez is just, just the wrong guy. I think Benavidez, Benavidez is just going to beat him down. It's going to be a showcase fight. It's going to set it up for um, him versus uh, Caleb Plant. Um, Benavidez might be the best 168 pounder in the world, but I think Caleb Plant is, is, is the challenge that we need to see. And I think this fight is going to set that in motion. All right. So fight number 10 is going to be Vasil Matrix Lomachenko high tech against Tiafimo Lopez. Uh, Vasil is 32 years old, 14-1, 14-1 with 10 knockouts. Uh, Lopez is 15-0 with 12 KOs. This fight right here, I think this is going to be a relatively easy fight to predict. Um, Lopez is coming off a tremendous KO of Richard Pome last December. Uh, prior to that, he struggled against uh, a fighter named Nakatani. And um, he struggled really bad against, against that Japanese opponent. Basil is coming off the victory against Luke Campbell. And then also he has another notable win recently against Jorge Linares. I think, to me, the Linares fight is one of his most impressive victories because Linares can really fight. Um, looking at the guys, I think if you just watch highlights of both fighters, you can see the skill difference between both fighters. Now, Luke Campbell was able to cause Loma some trouble. He has some heavy hands, and I think that's why a lot of people think that Lopez really has a shot. The reason Luke Campbell, to me, gave uh, Vasil Lomachenko trouble is because he's more seasoned. He's been in fights with other stiff opposition to lead him up to that fight to be prepared for Lomachenko more so than Lopez. Lopez is going to try to get off that one shot to knock out Lomachenko. I don't think it's going to be there for him because when you're a fighter the caliber of Vasil Lomachenko, 
if a guy just has one trick, you can take away that one trick. So I got Vasil Lomachenko in a 12-round unanimous decision. Yeah, you know, um, Loma Loma's not a natural 135. His knockout power has not carried over uh, from what I've seen from his previous weight classes. Lopez is a big 135 and a heavy hitter, but has he, he's never faced anybody like Loma before. So, um, I mean, you know, a lot of questions about Lopez still. Is this an instance where the young gun stakes his claim or the veteran puts him in his place? Um, I personally think from watching Lopez fight, he, he blew Richard Comey out of the water. He did. But um, I, I think he's one of those fighters who his mouth writes a check that I don't know if his hands can catch it. And so, um, you know, unless he gets some, some kind of one-hit knockout off or I, I just don't – I just don't see it. I, I, I'm going with Loma as well. Uh, for this fight, when it was first being talked about and, you know, Lopez makes some noise, um, I always thought that Lomachenko – and I still think that Lomachenko was going to lose to a guy, a younger, bigger guy. And that's – and it's going to – he keeps pressing his luck. You know, and, and and he's a small guy from 135, and all these young guys at 135, they're so much bigger. Um, I always thought that he was going to eventually just run into a wall, but I don't think Lopez is that guy. I think, yeah, Lopez has come off that that uh, great win over uh, Richard Comey, which is you know underrated. You know, he knocked Richard Comey out of water, but I think uh, it's levels to this, and I think Lomachenko is, is at a different level. I mean, he's, he's top-notch. He's, and it's not much in the ring. And I think he – uh, It's almost looked like Lopez is going to fight himself out. And when, fight, when fighters that young do that, it seems like they're more about the money and the notoriety and getting the big fights versus I want to beat Vasily Lomachenko. And I'm not sure in his heart that he believes he can beat Vasily and I'm going to go with Luma. Once again, in the ring, I feel that it's so, and I feel Lumachenko is going to outlast him. Now, for our, our bonus fight, um, this is an interesting fight. It's making a lot of noise across the world. A lot of people ask my opinion on it. You know, as, you know, as when you're the, the quote, unquote, boxing guy, you know, on your job or people who know you, they, they tend to ask a lot of questions. Um, when it pertains to boxing, and this this fight has gotten a lot of hype. You know, a lot of people ask me about it. Uh, Roy Jones Jr. versus Mike. Shout out to Mike Tyson. Shout out to Roy Jones. I love these guys. You know, I respect what they do. I just think this fight is going to be, you know, very sloppy. I mean, um, not taking anything away from them, but when you're 51 and 54 years old, um, your body can't just keep up with. A lot of people are expecting this to be some exciting blowout out of the water fight. I don't think it's going to be that. I think it's going to take them both of them at least two to three rounds just to you know get going. You know, a lot of people watch Mike Tyson training video and they're like, "Yeah, he's going to knock him out. He's going to do this. He's going to do that." Um, one thing I look at and I, I tell people about about this fight: Mike Tyson hasn't been hit in the face by a, a trained boxer since 2005. That's a long time, and I think that's going to play a part. Roy Jones' last 
professional fight was uh, two years ago. And yes, Mike Tyson has the power edge, he has the you know strength edge, but we're not really comparing you know two prime fighters. We're, we're comparing their current form. I do think Roy Jones is the fresher fighter. He's a little bit younger. I think he's been more active. He's been in the ring. He doesn't uh, he doesn't drink. Uh, he said he doesn't do drugs. Um, Mike Tyson, you know, he's he, a shout out to Mike Tyson. He's cleaned himself up. He's gotten sh- to, to tremendous shape. Uh, but still, I mean, you spend a year or two getting in shape. It, it's still it's going to be hard to erase those years of, of toil that he that he put on his body. And I think that that's going to play a part. And I think a lot of people are going to be, even if what I say don't happen, I think a lot of people are disappointed in this fight. A lot of casual fans are going to be disappointed in what they see when that bell rings. That's my prediction. All right. So for me, with Roy Jones and Mike Tyson, this is a toss-up in it. You just you just never know when you got two almost uh, senior citizens getting up in the ring to fight each other. One fifty-one, one is fifty-four. Uh, last time we saw Roy is fighting Scott Sigmund. It was supposed to be like a farewell fight, and. Um, he didn't look so hot in that fight to me. and But the last times that I've been seeing Roy, that's the fight style that he fights. He'll lay on the ropes, play around a little bit. Guy might hit, tag him a little bit here and there. He can't do that with Mike Tyson. I, I hope he, he's in the best shape possible. If he's in the best shape possible and at his age he can sustain his stamina, you know, throughout the course of the fight, which I think he should be able to, um, if he doesn't get clipped, because we all know, and it's no knock on Roy, but we know that chin is like peanut brittle right now. And so that'd be easy to, to crack it. Um, Tyson, the only thing I can go by is the footage that I've seen. And people are, are like ooing and eyeing about the footage. And it's where he looks really fast. And it's not that long that he's throwing those punches. And then the other clips that I see, it's like they speed it up. And but they keep, they'll go to something else and they'll show the same clip like they're trying to fool me. They're not, I need to see you in a ring. I need to see you fighting somebody in order for me to be like, yeah, Mike Tyson, he's, I don't think, I think they're trying to fool us. And so um, just as a rule of thumb for me, I just have to go with a guy who's been in a ring more consistently than a guy who's been out the ring for 20 years. If it was three years, if it was the Sugar Ray Leonard story where he came back and fought Hagler, um, this is not that case. This is a guy who's been off almost 20 years. Um, the only thing is, if he touched that chin of Roy's, that's all she wrote. He's going to be out. Um, so with that being said, I, I, gotta, I, I, I can't say I got to go with him. But I'm just going to have to go with Roy based on the fact that he's been fighting against somebody, you know, more so than what Mike Tyson's been doing. So I'm going to go with Roy. I don't know. I, I, that, I'll just say Roy. I, don't, I have no idea with this right here. This is uh, like a clown show to me. But Roy Jones, 12-round decision. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't have an idea either, but here goes nothing, you know. Um Roy, like you guys said, he's been in the more recent fight. He he did not look great. Tyson hasn't been in the ring in, in quite some time. Tyson, he, even though he hasn't had a lot of ring mileage since, you know, that last time in, what, 2005, 
I don't remember the exact year, but he hasn't had that that mileage. But he he has had some to- taken some toll on his body, um, just like Lavella pointed out, and like Willis pointed out, he he looked great in those clips. But pat pat work is not pat work is not ring work, and and that clip is 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 too it's too small a sample size for me to base it off of. That said. If somebody, if a senior citizen is going to catch Roy, I could see Mike catching Roy. My educated guess is going to be, and this is honestly partially just to be the contrarian here. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Iron Mike. Uh, I, I think a lot of people is going is going in that direction. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Any anything else you fellas want to uh, touch on before we wrap up? Yep, I got nothing. Okay. Tune in All next right. week. All right. So if that's with that, yeah, we're gonna wrap things up. But for this episode, but do us over and check out the previous two episodes where we the first week we ranked the top pound for pound fighters. Last week we discussed the top fighters, uh, our top favorite fighters of all time. And then please join us next Monday um, as we talk about the top ten fights we like to see. And we out.